Hey guys, what's up? Thanks for tuning in to The Stronger Way. This is your host, Alicia Carlson, and I am so happy that you are here. So I've decided to, in this month, or this last month, really, I guess by the time you are listening to this, it's going to be November, which I cannot believe um, how quick this year has flown by. But last month, I decided to kind of run an experiment on myself. I wanted to just see what sort of diet-minded thoughts I still had. And so even though this is something that I've kind of gone back and forth on, and really I had some of my own hesitations and even running this experiment, I decided that I really wanted to kind of go back to that place where I was trying to lose weight and see if there were any of those thoughts sort of hidden in my mind still. Now, if you've been following my journey for a little while, you know that I believe that you don't have to lose weight to be healthy. I do really and truly think that you can just change some of the things going on in your life and your lifestyle. And regardless of what the scale says or how much body fat you lose, that you can still improve your health. You can still be healthy. And I don't think that you have to lose weight before you can feel good about yourself. I don't think that you have to lose weight in order to feel good about yourself or to be worthy or enough or anything like that. But as I've been getting some of my own coaching around, I guess, just life in general, one of the things that really has come up for me is that this idea of essentially avoiding. And so I will say that in being completely transparent, I do think that in sort of the anti-diet movement and even, you know, the intuitive eating and stuff like that and the health at every size, and even with myself, I think that there can be some avoidance happening, right? So it's really easy to just stop caring about what the scale says if we just stop weighing ourselves. And that's a solution that could work for a little while, but I want to offer to you that just avoiding something. So the number on the scale or just avoiding looking at yourself in the mirror or something like that, that doesn't necessarily solve the actual problem, right? So you could still have those harmful, toxic, negative thoughts about yourself and those negative feelings about yourself and your body um, and your weight, like the number on the scale could very much be a triggering thing and could be something that still is kind of sabotaging you underneath everything. If we just avoid it, if we just say, Hey, I'm just not going to look at this number. And so I, I realized for myself, that was essentially kind of what I did. I got so tired of always obsessing, always worrying about what the scale said, what my body looked like that I just didn't weigh myself. And it was pretty easy to not have those negative thoughts come up if I wasn't weighing myself, but they were still there if that makes sense. Like they were still there, maybe not quite as loud, but still lurking somewhere under the surface. So in the month of October, I decided that I was going to start weighing myself again. I decided that I was going to set a very small weight loss goal and really not for the purpose of losing weight, because I really do feel like for the most part, I've made peace with my body. I'm fine with the number that's on the scale. I'm fine with what my body looks like, but it was more of just like, I want to see kind of what is the stuff that sort of comes up for me around setting this goal around getting on a scale around planning ahead of time, what I'm going to eat and just notice what are the negative emotions that come up? Do I feel stressed? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel the need to control my body to control food, which those were all things that are from my history, from my past. You know, I'm all about like being the strongest version of myself. And I want that for you too. I want you to be the strongest version of yourself too. And we have to really eliminate those things. We can't just hide them or forget about them or pretend like they don't exist. 
And so in this, I immediately started noticing, even just thinking about it, even just kind of setting the goal, I started noticing some thoughts come up, some anxiety coming up around my body and around the number on the scale. And from the very moment that I stepped on the scale for the first time in a long time, I had to just kind of pause and just sit with it and just see what that number was and see what I felt, right? See what were some of those thoughts that were coming up. Here's the reality and kind of sharing this with you. I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable, vulnerable because obviously like it's a very sensitive topic for people, but also the fear of like being a sellout or, you know, what would other people think? And could I still be a non-diet coach and lose weight or help my clients? You know, if that is a part of their goal, if that's a part of their process. But I just want to reiterate that I didn't try to lose the weight because I didn't like the way that my body looked before trying to lose the weight, which is radically different than what I was doing, you know, before. And it might even be different than what you're doing, right? So really just checking in with like, what are the motivations? What's the, you know, what's the ambition? What's the drive behind wanting to lose weight? So yes. So essentially I get on the scale and I kind of start noticing that there are some thoughts coming up. There's a little bit of anxiety. There's a little bit of discomfort. There's a little bit of the fear, right? Of being a sellout of, am I doing the right thing, the wrong thing? If you guys have been listening to any of my other episodes, you've probably heard me talk about the fact that I haven't even been on a scale really in two years. Um, And I really did think that I was completely over what that number said, what it might've meant about me. But the interesting thing is, is that as I hopped on the scale for this first time in a couple of years, I could kind of start to feel my heart race, right? Just even in the anticipation of seeing the numbers, seeing what was coming up. And I felt a ping of anxiety rise up, which is kind of what let me know that maybe I'm not really as over what this number is or what I perceive that it means about me as a woman or my body. And so it's just, it was really interesting to kind of have that experience. And that's something that I want to offer to you too, is that Every time that you, like if you get on a scale or if you put on a pair of pants or something that maybe don't quite fit, or you have any sort of a thought about your body, any sort of a negative thought about your body or your weight or something like that, is to just really notice, like get in touch with how does that thought make you feel in your body? What are the emotions that come up? Because so much of our value, so much of our worth is really tied up in the size of our body and what we look like. And that oftentimes dictates so much about how we feel. So it was really like in this moment of stepping on the scale, feeling my heart race that I knew that the scale still had some power over me, even if it was just a little bit on some level, my weight still had a little bit of power in my life, even if I hadn't seen it until then, until that very moment of getting back on the scale. So I really kind of went into this last month and just decided to run it as an experiment on myself. I really wanted to just kind of see like what's going on in my mind. How would I react to writing my food down? Because I used to food journal all the time, but it was very detailed, very meticulous. Um, And not that being detailed is bad or being meticulous is bad, but again, it was sort of that negative energy behind it, right? That anxious feeling about having to control my body, control my food. I often use the term, like, it just felt like I was white knuckling life, right? Like just being so good, so good, so good. And then there would be these moments or these days where I would just kind of like eat everything in sight and then get back on, you know, the quote unquote wagon. So really just approaching this from a place of curiosity instead, 
you know, wondering like, what are going to be the thoughts and the feelings I'm experimenting with or that are coming up through this experiment? Like I said, I decided to just set a modest goal of about five to eight pounds. Again, for me, it really wasn't about losing the weight. It was more about if I set this goal for myself, what was going to be some of the mind drama that started to come up? And I just, you know, I didn't care what the number was then. I don't care what the number is now, but I just wanted to see like, were there any of those diet minded thoughts that would just kind of come flooding back into my mind and right from the get-go, even of setting the goal, I could start to see some of those thoughts creeping back in. I could start to feel some of those feelings that felt a little bit familiar from my past. I decided that I was going to start deciding ahead of time what I was going to eat for the day. And that was going to kind of be the plan, right? So it's like, okay, I'm going to decide to have this for breakfast, this for lunch, this for dinner. Am I going to decide ahead of time to have a snack or what's my exercise going to be? And the reason that I did this again, it's seeing in that moment, then when it comes time to eat the thing, what's the drama that's coming up? Is there that sort of rebellion where it's like, screw this. I don't have to eat this. I can eat whatever I want. Or was it, you know, kind of that overly strict of, you know, you have to eat this. You can only eat exactly this. So again, it was more just about noticing what was going to happen in my mind by deciding ahead of time. And then in the moment when it came time to eat that thing, how was I actually responding? Because if you think about it, both of those two ends, right? The rebellious side, that's like, F this, screw this. I'm not going to eat this. I don't have to, I can eat whatever I want. That's not necessarily like having your best interest in mind if you really think about it, but neither is sort of that overly strict, overly controlling aspect either, right? Of like, you have to do this, you have to eat this. And I oftentimes like to think of it as parenting, right? Like if you are always trying to control your child, always trying to like exert authority in a way that's not loving, that's not kind, that's not compassionate, you know, then that creates a lot of tension. It creates some resentment. And then that's usually what creates that child wanting to rebel. So I just, for myself, wanted to notice, okay, if I was going to decide ahead of time what to eat for the day, how was I going to feel? What was going to be coming up? Now, it's important to note that I got to totally decide and I still get to totally decide what to eat, right? So it's not like I'm completely cutting food out. I'm not, you know, operating from this place of like deprivation or restriction, although it's interesting that some of those thoughts kind of started to come back up. It's just listening to my body, deciding ahead of time, what sounds good, putting it on a piece of paper. And then when it comes time to eat, still like being in tune with my body's hunger and fullness cues. So this really takes practice, especially if you've been, you know, dieting for a long time and really kind of telling your body, you know, that it shouldn't be hungry or that you can't eat. Or, you know, even if you've been eating a lot of highly processed foods, right, or using all of those different um, hacks to just not feel hungry, right, like drink more water or eat celery or chew gum or things like that. So if you aren't practiced in really knowing what your body is telling you when it's hungry or when it's full, then there's going to be some practice that comes in there, right? For me, it really is still about honoring my body feeding it in a way that feels good, feeding it in a way that doesn't feel restricted or, you know, depriving. And then also really letting my body kind of guide how much food I need, right? Because I think so often my eyes tell me that I need to eat more, but that may not always be the case. So then, you know, like I said, I, I plan to just eat these foods or I planned to only eat those foods for that day, right? And just watched my mind go to work, watch all of these thoughts kind of come up, these feelings come all up. And I can tell you that immediately my mind was wanting to offer 
that I shouldn't do this, right? There were so many reasons why not to do this. And I think so much of it was really for me driven by the fear of going back to being overly obsessed about food, about my weight, about my body, and just recognizing that thought, right? And being able to kind of release it and say, you know what, that was the past. I can try this again, right? I can try this again and just see what happens. I felt that some of those reasons were very convincing that, um, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I was making a mistake. But here's the deal. When you go ahead and set a plan up like this for yourself, I like to really think about it in the way that I think of my schedule. And I feel pretty neutral about my schedule. I don't feel really emotionally attached to how I spend my time or where I spend my time. Although I have seen some of those same kind of controlling tendencies come out. And that is essentially because how we do anything is how we do everything. So if I tend to operate in a controlling manner around food or tended to, and I haven't actually dealt with that root problem, right? That cause it's going to start to surface up in other areas, which is what I saw with my schedule. So when you set this plan for yourself, you have to essentially make sure that this is something that you could see yourself doing forever, right? So if you wanted to follow this experiment and try it for yourself, whatever it is that you plan to eat for the day, you want to make sure that that is how you could eat forever. And I think that this is where so many diets or meal plans fail is that they just aren't realistic, right? They just don't really fit into the rest of our lives. The other reason I think that so many diets and meal plans fail is that we don't actually end up managing what's happening between our ears. And I really think that this is the biggest one. We don't learn how to manage the thoughts that we have along the way or the negative feelings that oftentimes are associated with growth, are associated with, you know, being disciplined or having a plan and then disciplining yourself enough to follow it, right? And so we find ourselves kind of in that overly controlling parent role and then also being the rebellious child. So as I've kind of gone along with this experiment, I've seen plenty of diet-minded thoughts kind of surfacing. I had noticed in the beginning some of my old tendencies coming back, but the interesting thing was being more compassionate with myself, being more patient with myself. And I think because I knew sort of where I had been, I was able to approach this with so much more of an open mind, so much more curiosity, right? I was aware of those thoughts and those behaviors from my past. And so really being able to meet myself with grace when I don't maybe follow the plan perfectly, or even grace when I tend to go and try to do it a little bit too perfectly. And I teeter back into that obsessive and that controlling, I'm learning how to trust myself more and more and more and really how to care for myself. Right. So just kind of to wrap this all up, essentially true food freedom or true freedom in any area of our life doesn't always come, or it doesn't really come from just avoiding that particular thing, whether it's that food or that person or that situation or that circumstance, right. Or even the thoughts that don't make us feel good, just, you know, choosing to totally ignore those things and avoid those. They don't go away. They just might start to manifest and show up in your life in a little bit of a different area or a slightly different way. I think what I'm learning out of all of this is that really true freedom comes from being able to go through any and every single situation that life throws your way. No matter what you feel, you end up coming out the other end stronger, right? So it's like no matter what life throws at you, you're going to be able to handle it because you know how to essentially kind of manage what's happening in your mindset. You know how to sit with the feelings of anxiety or frustration or anger without trying to solve it by feeling better with food or alcohol or something like that. 
And you end up becoming more resilient. You end up becoming stronger on the other side of that. Sanctification and transformation, it is all extremely painful, right? It requires us essentially to give up who we were for who we can be. So this was really just kind of a snapshot into what's been going on with me over the last month and just a personal experiment that I decided to run on myself. It really has been incredibly interesting, super enlightening to just see what of the dieter's mindset was still kind of lingering in my life that I didn't really know that I had just kind of pushed down or avoided. And it's my hope that you will hear this and hear that it's okay to kind of run these experiments on yourself. It's okay to be curious and that it's just as all about the mindset. It really does come down to what is going on between your ears. So I hope that this was helpful for you. I know it's been incredibly helpful for me to just really see what's going on and uh, really kick those diet-minded thoughts once and for all. That brings me to this next part that if you have decided that you want to work on this area of your life, if you really want to work on your mindset around food, around your body, around exercise, heck, even your time, right? Even as we kind of come into the season of life around the holidays that can feel so much busier, it doesn't have to be, right? It doesn't have to be frustrating. It doesn't have to be stressful. You don't have to feel exhausted. And you certainly don't have to do the holidays the way that you've always done them before. So if you want to consider doing the holidays and essentially the rest of your life a little bit differently moving forward, I want to invite you to shoot me an email. Let's schedule a time to chat absolutely free and just see if my method is the right one for you in this season of your life. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for choosing to spend some time with me. As always, I love to hear topics that you guys want me to discuss, but also how this is helping you. Feel free to leave us a review. That's how we get found by more listeners, how we can help even more people. So again, if you want to learn more about working with me and my approach, email alicia at aliciacarlson.com. And if you want to hang out with me on social, I'll be sure to link all of those up in the show notes. Thanks again for hanging out. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next time.